What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Wednesday. I'm Daniel Salerson and we're bringing back a Wesley Wednesday and also Aaron Hardigan of now Bally Sports New Orleans. I'm already getting it right. I want to make sure I say it right. Bally Sports New Orleans <laughs> as they'll make their debut tomorrow night as the Pelicans welcome in the Orlando Magic. Am I, I'm two for two already, Aaron and David. I, I think I'm off to a good start. Hello. Okay, time out. First of all, I love that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here we are on Bally Sports New Orleans. That'll yeah, be the last there we go. Last in my life, I'll say Bally Sports or any sports. Listen, one, I will do you one better. It's Wesley Wednesday. Oh, and also Aaron Hardigan on Bally Sports New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. We know her too. Yeah. First of all, I love Sellerson's intros. You're the best. You're the you're the goat. Um, but no, it's so crazy all today. Okay. So as of today, after like over two decades of being Fox Sports New Orleans, we are no longer, we are now Bally Sports. But I got to tell you, like I have been so busy with work and wedding planning. Don't get married. It's a lot. Um, so I really haven't had time to like really process this. So can I be honest? Like I started with foxsports.com over 10 years ago. And for me, that was like my first, big gig right like out of school like it was it was like it was fox sports and it was espn so for me it was like surreal it was a dream so it is kind of sad for me to think like that that chapter is closing that said david wesley has been working with me on embracing change and and seeing change as good he's become like my co-host slash therapist this year which i don't know if, if that's a good thing or not um but I will tell you the only thing that's changing is the look and the color, the, the name and the color scheme. It's Valley Sports. It's going to have a signature red color, which is kind of nice for us because it's the Pelicans yeah. red. Um, but it's at the end of the day, it's the same us. It's the same coverage. It's the same David Wesley that you come to see each and every night. And honestly, in the end, y'all, as long as we are getting to cover Pelicans games, I don't care if we're in like a pink studio and we're like Oops. unicorn sports. Like I don't. Well, that actually would be kind of fun with David Wesley in the pink studio. Nonetheless, at the yeah, end of the like day, that. like we still, we still we still get our Pelicans and uh, we still get to watch uh, Zion Williamson, so we are very blessed. Good. And I meant no disrespect, but Wesley Wednesday was always something that happened, whether it was the Black and Blue Report. We never had an Aaron Hardigan Wednesday or an Aaron Friday. It just doesn't ring. I just like that it was Wesley Wednesday and also Aaron Hardigan. That was not the tone I had. I it was an exciting tone. <laughs> no, I think we should. I, think oh, we I don't know, Daniel. I don't know. I think we should embrace. I think we should embrace David's trying to get me in trouble. I'm in nothing. No, I think, no respect. <laughs> I will just say, I think this needs to be a thing. That needs to be a thing now. That is like our new signature show. It's like we blow out the Wesley Wednesday. Oh, and also Aaron's there. <laughs> I think that should be our. I think that should be it, right? Because Aaron found out the Zoom link and decided to join us, even though it was supposed <laughs> to be a Wesley Wednesday. <laughs> I'm a Zoom bomber. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Aaron. Well, while you're here, I mean, let's talk about this Pelicans team. Um, and, and we'll start with you, Aaron. I mean, they've won two in a row. I know when they won four in a row, you were wearing sequins, and that was kind of really the spark that helped. Is there anything changing with you during this? I know I saw some Pop-Tarts recently on your timeline, and is maybe that kind of the, the thing that helped get the Pelicans going? Well, I would like to think the Pop-Tart contributed to the Lakers blowout following that Denver win that really sparked that streak. Then came the next Nuggets meeting, and we decided to forego the brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Um, I'm superstitious, so we'll have to come up with another streak. Right now, y'all, I'll be honest, and Stan said it the other night, 
this team has been it's been up and down right we haven't really had had a chance to kind of create some sort of streak because he even mentioned yeah you know they they closed well against Dallas and even though they won Monday night in Boston which I'll be honest a month ago might not have been a win so at least a dub is a dub doesn't go down as pretty or ugly goes down as a win Stan still was not happy with that what three and a half four minute stretch scoreless drought at the end of the game like that that can't happen um, against much better competition if you really want to close. So, David, I'm hoping they can kind of build off of that and, and create a little, a bit more consistency from here on out. Well, you know, everything's in stages. And obviously this team, you know, at one point their offense is great. At one point their defense is great. At one point their energy is great. And the, the fact that they are trending, I think, towards putting it all together. Um, they played a good two weeks of basketball lately. And certainly the, the assurgence of Zion uh, to, the, to, the, to a lot of fourth quarter point forward action has been effective. Uh, you've been without Zoe. So, you know, as inconsistent as they've been in all of those categories, I think they're slowly learning, even how to close games. They're slowly trying to figure those things out. Um, You've seen them close games really well, and then you've seen them close games really poorly. Uh, but that's a part of the growth and the youth of this team. And I, and I think they're, they're trending in the right direction because as far as I'm concerned, for right now, their 48 minutes, um, you know, over the last eight or nine games have been pretty good. Um, you know, they, they've had their lulls, and, and of course every team does, but for the most part, they've been pretty good and they've been in games and giving themselves a chance even against the good teams. And David, you know, they've won four of their last five and they went on that, you know, the gauntlet that started with the Clippers and then faced Portland twice, Denver twice, Lakers, Dallas, I know were shorthanded, but still beat them. And then Boston, it seems defensively, they're starting to pick things up. What is it on that side of the ball that you're seeing differently than what we saw maybe earlier on the season where they were struggling a lot on that side? So, you know, there's only so many defensive schemes and old player, young player, I should be able to recognize what they're trying to do, even if they're late, even if they don't go at all. I should know, um, you know, baseline guy, baseline weak side guy should rotate to the, to the strong side. There were some games early in the season where I didn't recognize even what they were thinking or trying to do. Now you can see with effort and energy, you can see that either, oh man, he was late. He saw it, but he saw it late. Um, or in a lot of cases, they are making the rotations. They are talking things out. They are even skipping rotations, which is really hard because that guy is just making an effort to get there. Yeah, it wasn't his man. Yeah, it wasn't his rotation, but he saw it. He reacted. And then the guy that should have went, that may have saw it late, now he's making the other rotation to the other guy. So, those are the things the team is scrambling around. The effort is so much better. The deflections, uh, they're creating turnovers, those kind of things. And those are important. Um, and those are things that I didn't see early in the season. Um, you know, even different, even pick and roll coverages at, at times are, are tons better than they were early in the season. Early in the season, all you had to do was run pick and roll against the Pelicans and you were going to score somehow. Uh, now they're, they're finding ways to get stops. I thought it was important in the, in, the, in the last game, them getting a stop late in the game. Even though they didn't finish the game great, um, 
they got they were getting stops at the end of the game. I, I think it was the last game, or it might have been the Dallas game. I'm not, I don't remember, but the fact that they were able to get a stop when they needed uh, and close that game, I thought that's pretty good, and that's better than it was early in the season. David, I have a question. How do we bottle Josh Hart's effort and energy and sell that on Shark Tank? Because that, that I want to know what Mark Cuban would 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 uh would drop on that. Because listen, this guy and he is like your type of player, D Dub. He calls himself a junkyard dog, right? Like he loves getting in the the grit and the grind. He loves doing the 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 dirty work that isn't always seen in a box score, um, but that does make a difference in the game. And that that ultimately, I mean, it it certainly helps. Uh, in the Boston game, I mean, his 14th double-double off the bench, 15, he had 15, a team-high 15 points at the half. Didn't score at all in the second half because he was busy grabbing a total of 15 boards and doing all the other things. And I know that's a, that's a player David Wesley appreciates. It is. And if Mark Cuban was smart, every team would try to have a guy like that. Like Marcus Smart the other night, he's kind of their junkyard dog. Uh, and I think it's important to have those kind of guys that – without scoring a basket, they can give the team energy. And especially the fact that he comes off the bench and he comes in ready to go. Uh, whether the one-man band where he won on three fast break and, and finishes at the rim or, you know, him going in a crowd of people and getting rebounds, you need that kind of guy. And for a guy in his position to get 15 rebounds off the bench is – that's insane. I mean, mostly – off the bench guys that get that kind of, those kind of rebounds are bigs, uh, not, not your perimeter guys. And, you know, he'll get on the ball floor for loose balls. Uh, he takes the, the toughest defensive assignment and he works at it. I mean, that's not by accident that he's able to be effective and, you know, make trouble for, for good offensive players. He works at it. He scraps, he claws, he doesn't mind, you know, so-called getting shook. Hey, you're going to get shook if you're playing that hard because you're trying to do the right thing. And that's why every team needs one of those guys. And I guess, Daniel, the reason I asked that was because, um, you know, he, he, he disrupted what Tatum and Brown and the Celtics had done so well in that historic comeback back in February mm -hmm. and did the same thing all night long Monday night. I think it was encouraging to see a team effort against Boston for at least three quarters. Um, as opposed to needing that sort of historic comeback to, to top them. So sweeping the season series since, uh, since that 2018 playoff run, which yeah. is a fun year. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and before we uh, get past that, you made a great point, Aaron, but with a guard like that, David, is there kind of a skill set to being a great rebounder when you're a guard? Is there, is it, or more just an effort going after it, but is there kind of a, a way that he finds different angles and judging whether how rebounds going off the rim or, is it just a matter of him just going after each each one? Well, stereotypically, uh, you know, you have to read rebounds. You know, you, you see certain rebounds come from one side, they're going to end up this side. Or you have a 50-50 chance of, of guessing which where the ball is going to go. Well, you have to go to at least one of those two spots. And he goes all the time. It's not, you know, I'm going to go once this quarter, I'm going to go twice in the next quarter. He's looking to go rebound the ball every time it's shot. Uh, regardless to which end. So um, in that way, he pursues the ball as well as the, the great rebounders uh, in this league know how to do. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's his effectiveness. You can't decide when you want to rebound. You have to be trying to rebound each and every possession, and that's what he does. And 
then now he's now he has a reputation even on his own team that he's coming. So a lot of times if he's in the area, guys will probably, oh yeah, he's coming much harder than I'm going. Let him have it. And and he gets a few rebounds like that. So I think it's just about pursuit, knowing where the ball's coming off um, and wanting it more than the, the defenders or uh, other players around you. Uh, and he feels like all of them are his. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, let's move over to the Zion Williamson, Aaron. And, and I don't know how you're describing him on the post-game show, halftime, pre-game, but it's just Ooh. ridiculous what he's doing. Zion, the guy named, he's number one, number one in our hearts, number one on the jersey. Uh Zion Williamson, I mean, th- it's just crazy. I mean, what what else are we seeing from him? Point Zion. Right. It, there, again, it's just there's, it's hard to figure out a way to describe what he's been doing lately. I, I jo- you know, I joke because it's like we haven't talked about him on every show, and we're not struggling yeah. to find something new to talk about each and every night. Listen, I mean, Antonio Daniels and I joked about that yesterday. It's like, what more can we say? I mean, to David's point, he is every night you can bet he will be joining some sort of hall of famer or some sort of elite company in a statistical category. It's uh, he's going to continue some sort of streak. Like that is going to be a nightly thing for him because we are witnessing something that we have never seen before, which I will, I will admit, I went to church Sunday and I, I, I was very thankful to, as the wind is knocking over my back porch, everything right now. Sorry. Um, I was, I, I, I'm like, I'm thankful. I truly, I'm thankful to be able to, watch this kid grow for us to be a part of this kid's journey and, and to say we remember when we remember when he when he completed his first full NBA season which will come at some point this year um you know and I think what I love most about what he is doing of late is his response to those constantly questioning um what he thinks or how he feels about being compared to NBA legends his go-to response is like, I, I, like, I'm me at the end of the day. Like, I'm Zion. I don't know how to be anything else but me. He obviously appreciates being compared to the Shaquille O'Neal's and the Charles Barkley's and the Wilt Chamberlain's, if you will. But at the end of the day, I appreciate that he's wanting to put his own stamp on this league. He is wanting to kind of be that player that down the line, others are like, man, you remind me of Zion Williamson because he wants to be his own um, model, so to speak, in this league. Is that kind of what you're gathering as well, David? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he just wants to be Zion. He doesn't want to be um, – and, again, when you're – when you want to be great and you're thinking great, um, you want to be your own great. You don't want to be uh, necessarily the next somebody else. He wants to be the first and only Zion Williamson, and that's, um, that's what the great players do. Um, he's got a long way to be there, but we can see, obviously, his potential is incredible and we find or struggle to find any more adjectives or superlatives to describe him. So, um, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. And like Aaron said, I mean, to think we saw him his first game of his, his NBA career. Um, and, you know, I, I, it makes me think about all the great players around the league that aren't on our TV every night. If you don't have NBA pack, you don't see them all the time. You see them when they come to your arena. Well, here's a special player. We get to see each and every game for a full season and hopefully many more seasons to come uh, because he's that fun to watch. He's must-see TV and um, and we get to see it front, front row and center. Yeah, very well said. And it is. We are very grateful to be able to see it every single night. And you're right. I mean, we are running out of things to say about him because he's just one 
he's just doing it every single night. It's a consistent basis now what he's been able to do and seeing what we've been seeing every day from a national perspective is really exciting to see as well. I want to get into the team in general because um, the stat I want to throw out at you both and just hear your reaction is this team has defeated seeds one through eight in the West besides Portland. They're the only team in the top eight that they have not defeated. They've also defeated number nine in Memphis, which I'm trying to gather around is whether that's a frustrating stat to see when you're 21 and 25 or very encouraging based on what the potential is for the team. Aaron, I'll start with you and kind of what you make of that as far as what the Pelicans have been able to do this season and also what they've not been able to do. Well, let's see here. David and I, I believe our second half hot take was that the Pelicans will make the play in tournament. Yeah. They have an opportunity to, to regain some ground that they have lost in certain losses that are still hard to swallow at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta and Orlando this week, like that's a chance to kind of, like, you've got, it's like David says, you've got to take care of the teams that you're supposed to beat and, and you cannot beat yourself. And so it is frustrating to see a team that, you know, you, you essentially own the season series over and you have for the last couple of years sit ahead of you. But in the end, it, the head to head, yes, the head to heads matter, but when Memphis is not playing us, they're taking care of the other games they're supposed to. And that's the difference, David, right? Well, and, and uh, you know, me and Anthony, uh, I mean, Antonio Daniels talked a lot about that, that, that kind of idea. If you take the double figure games that this team has lost, when you take the teams that you know this team is capable of beating, you know, we probably counted anywhere from 10 to 12 games like that. Just went half of those. Go back and win half of those. That's six more games that you can add and subtract from the win-loss column. This team would be in, this team could be seventh place. This team, if it plays to the potential that we see, could be in that four five spot, you know, battling it out. And, and, um, and you don't have to get this play-in series where you're going to, you know, if you're 10th, you end up coming in at eighth, you play the number one seed in the, in the conference um, and give yourself a real chance. So, uh, it's frustrating, you know, when you talk about that stat, Daniel, that uh, this team has beat all the teams in the top eight, top nine, except one, and that they should have beat Portland. So, and they played Portland well when they played them. So, it, it, you would expect this team to have a better win-loss uh, record, and it's frustrating that it's not like that. Is that a product of a young team? And I know some people don't like to use that excuse of a young team, but I mean, this is now a very young team, especially now that JJ Redick has been traded. I mean, it gets even younger technically from an age standpoint. Is, is that a lot of the product and the lack of practice, which I know every team is going through this season and also new head coach, or is there something more to it besides just the fact that this team is young? I, I think you can go with all that stuff. Uh, young team, new coach, shortened uh, preseason, shortened camp. Um, Different, a lot of new players. Um, Zion wasn't Zion last year. He's, he's more the Zion this year. Um, B.I. in the beginning, you know, that seemed like the way to go. He was like just everything on the stat sheet he owned. Um, and then he ran into a few bumps. They, they realized that Zion, they're giving Zion more responsibility to take some of that pressure off of him. Uh, and that's worked a lot. Zoe, uh, I think Zoe is, is having one of his best years and, and shooting the ball incredibly. 
but you don't know all these things and how all these guys are going to play together. And then again, with their youth, they, they've had some bumps in the road that they just, you simply can't rush. You can't say all of a sudden be mature. You can't all of a sudden say, Hey, you know how to cl close games. So, you know, you're watching this team kind of grow and mature and can they grow and mature enough to get into that plan? Can they grow in enough to, to get into the playoffs? It, it may not happen this year, even though I say it should, and we agree that, you know, it should, but will it, will they get it together? Because as well as they play at times, they turn into another team and it could go from quarter to quarter, half to half or game to game. So uh, if they can continue to stay focused, they can make a good run. And I don't think they need to have a five game win streak, but they do need to have some four out of five, four out of sixes, and then back it up with another four out of five, four out of six. Um, and that way they're, they'll make ground on some of these teams that, that either have injuries or, or not playing well in, in certain stretches. And to David's point, getting like four out of six, three out of five, that can make a diff that can make a, a significant difference in the standing, seeing how tight this, this race is really. I mean, just a, a short streak, a three gamer or a four gamer can, can move you up several spots or, you know, a, a, a skid can also drop you. We've learned that. Can I just note like how important? How encouraging, listen, how encouraging it is um, to see two young guys in Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Kyra Lewis Jr. and what they're doing. The, the, we, we talk, David always said, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, you know, and be ready when your name is called upon. And they always are. And Nikhil has shown it this past week, started all five games in place of Lonzo. Now we see a much more confident Nikhil when he knows he's going to be getting more minutes as a starter, which certainly helps. I mean, we all, I, I think we would all feel that way. You know, it's, right. it's, it's a, it's a vote of confidence by the head coach inserting you into that starting rotation. And so, but to think in, he's had double figures in all five of those games, he scored in double figures in six of the last seven, three of those have been 20 pointers. I mean, he has, seized the opportunity he has made the most of those minutes and he has made it now David laughed at me the other night on the show I, I joked that maybe he's maybe he's making the decision tough for Stan when when Zoe does come back but you know David quick I, I I'm a gambler and I listen I'm a gambler and I like stirring the pot because I know it drives you nuts let it ride, <laughs> let it ride. But, I'm going. but you know what if Zoe's ever injured again we got a guy to step in, and we, and we learned that this week. Secondly, we learned that Kyra Lewis Jr. is the fastest player on the court, but in control. Can you believe – David Wesley, he's averaged 18 minutes in the month of March. How many turnovers do you think he had? And I'm trying to, think, I'm trying to see how many games he played. I, want, I mean, he's got minutes in pretty much every game yeah. in March. How many, how many turnovers do you think he had? Eight. I'm going to go three or four. Ding, 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 ding. Daniel Salerson, you have defeated David Wesley. Four. The only time ever. <laughs> in the entire month of March. Four. That's it. I mean, this kid, and Stan said it the other night, Daniel, that he just makes the simple play consistently. And that's the key. So the great players just make the simple plays, but they do it consistently. Yeah, we go crazy over the Zion dunks and the big plays. And that's great. That's great for us because then David Wesley gets the talk over a highlight on the post game show but at the end of the day Stan wants players like Kyra that just do the little things no that's a great point and you're go ahead David I was gonna say the game is simple uh to that point just do the simple things consistently uh, you know you talk about 
um, you know, that home run play. Yeah, it's good for the highlights, but if it doesn't work, it's bad for your turnover and, and bad for your team. So um, to get a young team to understand that, you don't need the three ball to win it. Just get a bunch of twos, you know, get a bunch of twos until that three ball opens up and then knock down a couple of those. So just being consistent is huge. Yeah, I think you're getting consistent minutes off the bench, too, from certain players that maybe that wasn't the case earlier in the season. Talk about Jackson Hayes, too. So you're feeling a lot more comfortable when the bench has to come in to give your guys rest. You have guys like Kyler Jr. Could be Nikhil when he comes back, when, Lon- when Lonzo comes back healthy, and Jackson, Jackson Hayes as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like this team is certainly heading in the right direction. Well, my Zoom says eight and a half minutes ago because we still haven't paid the bill um, for extending <laughs> uh, our Zoom here. So, you talked about your hot take, and I still think absolutely it's in play with the play. And my hot take was that they were going to finish the season over 500, which is looking better and better as we progress. Before we before we go, is there anything we want to add to the hot take canon um, that we can come back to in a couple of weeks? Here's your hot take, girl, right there. Okay, yeah. hold up, hold up, hold up, but I'm going to need your help, B-Dub. How many times, how many times from here on out? Let's, just, let's, put, let's put like the, in the next week. How many times will I slip up and say our former network's name? I'm not it's there for all, you know, you, you do some, you know, you do some pre-recordings and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how many times you're gonna have to do them over because you say the old, the old uh, network, but I'm going to say, if you're honest with us, I'm going to say twice in the next two weeks. Should, should we bad. do like a, should, Daniel, should we have like a swear jar? I need your suggestion. Should we do like a swear jar thing where like I have to like drop a quarter in every time I say it? Or like how, how do we, how do, how do we handle this so I can not say it? It's like, I got, I got to learn my lesson. Like stop, it's value. It's $100. It's not a quarter. We're going to make it hurt. <laughs> I forgot. David's a high roller. I'm, uh, I'm playing, I'm playing in a wedding. I'm broke. So I'll, I'll, I'll do like an, I'll drop a few IOUs in there. Okay. Um, the pressure's listen, on then if it's a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, listen, it's, um, it's, it's exciting. I, you know, I, I, I say that it's hard for me to, to kind of say goodbye to like that, that chapter, but um, it, it's exciting. It's something new. It's something different. Um, and, and that can be, that can be a good thing as my therapist and co-host David Wesley reminds me. Uh, you know how many times when it was the Hornets, the Pelicans, that I it took the whole year to get that out of my brain. And, and David will attest to that too. I mean, it was I, for I don't know how many times I said Hornets <laughs> during our post game show or or during something. So it's definitely going to be an adjustment. But I have faith that you will be able to to do it with ease, Aaron. I don't think there's going to be a lot of hundred dollar bills in that in that swear jar. It's like um, well, I you know sometimes it's hard to go twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. It's like, like that. So, <laughs> especially this year. <laughs> yeah. No, we were we glad. Still... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, listen, there have been points this year where I'm wanting 2021 to be over. But no, <laughs> I, I, I will say it's um, it's cool to think we will all, I will say the three of us, we will be a part of the historical launch of Valley Sports and get to build this brand. We will forever be a part of, of launch day. And so I think that's kind of cool. You know, we're, we're kind of like the Zions of Valley Sports, right? Anytime Not I can compare the Zion, I'll far. take it. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll be like, the only time I'll ever be compared to him ever again. <laughs> making history, David, David. Okay. That fell short. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And both of you, I really appreciate you, you guys coming on as it is Aaron Hardigan, 
And also, it's a Wesley Wednesday <laughs> as we it. end the show. <laughs> Just so we can make things even before I wrap things up. Both of you, I really appreciate the time. Good luck with the launch tomorrow. I know, Aaron, you'll do great in making sure it's Valley Sports New Orleans. You can catch them at 6.30, Pelicans and Magic. And also, it's a home home back-to-back. We'll be back at it again on Friday as they welcome in the Atlanta Hawks at 8 o'clock with their pregame show starting at 7.30. Thanks again. Looking forward to it, guys. Let's go, Fox! I appreciate Salerson as much more confidence in me than David. (laughs) There's not going to be anything in that swear jar. I'm calling it after tomorrow. Nothing in the swear jar. (laughs) I'm like, I've I've already, okay, this is where I catch myself. So, like, when I was telling you, Salerson, earlier about the Braves, Lie. Yeah. I, I I said I think I said Fox Sports South. So I keep calling all the other regions, like oh yeah, we're gonna be over on Fox Sports South. I mean wait, but I will tell you. So so they don't want us to call like to specify the regions anymore. They just want to be Bally Sports. Like they told us not to say Bally Sports New Orleans okay. or Bally Sports Southwest. I guess they're just wanting to make it probably until they build kind of the brand. You're right. Maybe so. I don't right. know. Well, it, they it, catch it, them it, on Bally Sports tomorrow. The Pelicans <laughs> and Magic. No, 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 no. You are go- like I because I think it still says it on our broadcast. It says yeah. like Bally Sports New Orleans. It's we just we literally all are so kind of in the dark. Like, what do we call it? How many times do we have to say it? You know, it's just kind of we're gonna wing it. It'll be great. You know what's gonna happen <laughs> is tomorrow because I also talk about television broadcasts where fans can watch it. It's gonna be me that says. Fox Sports tomorrow. I guarantee it. I'm going to be the one on one of my shows that says it, and I'm going to be the one putting a hundred dollar bill in the swear jar, which I'll have to find because I don't. Yes, yes. Uh, that's oh my, my god! Take. And then we'll have tequila <laughs> Sunday. Exactly. You, you guys' money. I mean, uh, hey, if you're if you're buying on our money, I'm drinking. So. <laughs> buying with your money. Works Bye. for me. Works for me. All right. Hey, y'all are awesome. This is fun. It absolutely was fun. And I hope you all enjoyed the, the, the show. And on Friday, we'll be back for another podcast, hopefully talking about two Pelicans wins. Until then, for David Wesley and Aaron Hardigan, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CP.